This is Sunday Focus, a weekly public affairs program that looks at the topics affecting our society and the people who are making a change in the community each and every day. The people who have vision for the next generation. Sunday Focus presents new challenges for us, keeping you informed with topics of local and regional interest. Now the host of Sunday Focus, Christine Manica. Welcome back to another edition of Sunday Focus. It's been a challenging time for parents and guardians around the Sioux Empire when it comes to child care. Recently, Apple Tree Children's Centers announced all locations were set to close. This shocking announcement just highlights the growing concern for child care needs in the Sioux Empire and in South Dakota. Two organizations that stepped up to help Apple Tree Children's Centers were MB and the Boys and Girls Club of the Sioux Empire. We also have Amanda McGregor from Tea Trailblazers and Give Me a Break Daycare Centers to highlight the options available in the Sioux Empire. So in the studio... Like we said, we have Amanda with us and the CEO of MB. We have Carrie Tejan and Stacey Jones, the CEO of the Boys and Girls Club of the Sioux Empire. Ladies, thank you. I'm feeling a lot of girl power in here. <laughs> this is what I love. Seriously, there's a lot to go over with this topic. But first, let's start with the introduction. So, Carrie, let's start with you. Tell us who you are, your role, and how you got involved with MB. All right. Thanks for having me. My name is Carrie Tejan, like you said, and I am the CEO of MB. Um, I've been here for about three years um, as part of the organization, but been part of MB for a lot longer than that. I served as a partner to the organization as well as a volunteer for probably 15 plus years before. Um, the mission serves and, and speaks to exactly who I am. Our mission is to empower women and families. And as a working mom that um, that loves all the all the brilliance that comes from women, it's a perfect place for me. Awesome. Stacy. same question. You bet. I have been with the Boys and Girls Clubs of the Sioux Empire coming up on about two years now um, after a career in a lot of different industries, <laughs> but um, definitely feel called to be part of the organization also as a working mom, um, being part of an organization that supports families and everything that they have to, to manage with their kids um, is, is incredibly powerful. Um, you know, we serve ages four weeks all the way up to age 18. So we have a lot of different individuals and young people that we serve here in the Sioux Empire. Awesome. And then Amanda, again, local daycare owner with the Tea Trail Blazers and Tea and recently acquired Give Me a Break in Sioux Falls. Hello. Tell us about yourself, Amanda. Hi, I am a tea native. Um, so grew up in tea, was just very small. Um, child care is not in my background. I come from corporate HR and development. My husband comes from Marines um, and the military lifestyle. But when we had two children, we realized that the child care need was huge. Um, we saw increasing rates, staff turnover. And so two years ago, we purchased, um, it was prior tea tots and tea. And um, Tea Trailblazers now has been going strong for two years. We wanted to bring a difference to Sioux Falls. And so we purchased Give Me a Break Child Care Center, redoing that daycare as well to really focus on curriculum uh, rate appropriate for uh, just good fits for families. Um, the working family, um, we accept six weeks to 12 in tea. Um, and then 2 to 12 in Sioux Falls. Now, child care has been an ongoing issue in South Dakota for a number of years. And this, unfortunately, is not something new. Tell me, what trends in child care have you noticed for the past, let's say, four or five years? Stacy? let's start with you. Like I mentioned, you know, I'm fairly new to the industry. But what I've researched and experienced myself in the last couple of years is that the industry itself has kind of been on that tipping point for 
probably decades, you know, even as a working parent, I have an 18 and a 16 year old. It was a struggle for me when my <laughs> kids were babies and toddlers going through childcare. But what's really changed in the last couple of years, obviously, we had the pandemic, we've had inflation. Um, so we've had increased costs on all of us. We've also had to increase our wages, our staff wages in order to keep childcare workers. So that's really changed a lot in our community and around the country, not just here in Sioux Falls. In addition to, I mean, all businesses have increased costs over the time, staffing concerns and a number of things like that. But something unique about child care is in business, when costs go up, you have the ability to, you do two things as a business owner. You either raise your prices to accommodate those or you become more efficient in the business. What's unique about child care is you have limitations on doing that. We can only um, charge a certain amount because we have to consider affordability to families, and we surpassed that years ago. Affordability for a typical family in South Dakota is $4,000 a year. We currently in Sioux Falls average about $12,000 a year for child care per child, mm -hmm. which is similar to um, a student going to college. On the other side is we have limitations in regards to how efficient we can be. And so we have ratio requirements, which are outstanding because they keep our kids safe and they help protect our employees as well. And so for an infant room, for example, you can have five um, children to one staff, which is, I don't know about you, but think about <laughs> five infants in one of you. It's, it's, a, it's a, a pretty big yeah. lift. But at about $3 or 3 or $4 of revenue per hour, you've got about $15 or $20 an hour to support that one staff and all the operations. So this business is really lopsided. In most states, there's additional funding that comes. In South Dakota, we are one of seven states that there's not additional funding to help with the operational costs. And Amanda, coming from the local business perspective, you've probably seen a lot of that change within the last four or five years. Right, and some of that rate increase was one of the main reasons why we decided to open our own child care center. Um, you saw the rate increase, but you didn't necessarily see the staff retention or the quality of staff or the quality of the programmings in the room. And so um, they are exactly right. It comes down to the efficiency. And so what's nice about a smaller center is the owners get to pick up that efficiency. So my husband and I out there doing maintenance, doing the snowplow. Not all centers have that ability to do that, but yet we need them to remain open and have options for other families to bring childcare into the state. And so those of us really trying hard and just working 80 hours a week to keep our business open, to keep those rates lower, there's only so many of us that can afford to do that in that efficiency well. In your opinion, do you think parents are debating the benefits of child care services as opposed to staying at home with their kids? Amanda, we'll start with you for this one. Absolutely. Even though Trailblazers is full, the last few people who have unenrolled is to stay home with grandparents or the moms are now working an overnight so they can stay home with their babies during the day. Even neighbors are stepping up to help, especially with the school-agers and the after-school transportation. If people are cutting those vans and the transportation, but they take the school-agers, who's going to get them to the daycare for the last couple hours of their workday? And so it's neighbors and grandparents really stepping up to help them. You know, I really would just echo what Amanda said. I mean, that's the same thing we hear from parents is they're they're struggling to make that choice, whether or not that they should stay home with their kids or they can continue to provide child care. You've got employees who are even considering, again, taking different shifts um, or maybe not taking a promotion. So employers are definitely feeling the pinch because they've got employees leaving their workforce 
in a market like Sioux Falls, when we all need employees, that people are having to make that tough choice because they don't really have a choice. Yeah, and I would reiterate, in a state that has 1.9% unemployment, the ability for us to lose workers in this workforce just isn't a possibility. Also, we did an analysis to say, what does it cost and what does that look like for a family that's choosing to stay at work or choosing to stay home? And for an average family of $100,000, if you're making less than $100,000, what does that look like? And we picked two individuals that are five years out of college, mid-career, have a really great job and have two children at home. That 90000 we use a $90,000 family income, when they paid for childcare, house, a portion of their student loan, um, and car payments, they've got about $600 left a month for everything else for expenses. Mm -hmm. So I know at our state level, we like to say, hey, the best thing is for mom to stay home. I think there's a lot of value to women being in the workforce. Um, So I'll have that conversation at another time (laughs) in another podcast. But I think that we have some things to offer besides just filling a seat um, would would be a loss. But also we did the analysis. So what if mom or dad chooses to stay home? What is the financial impact? At that point, when you reduce the childcare expense, but you still have the other expenses that exist as a family, they're negative $500 a month. Month, before they paid for groceries, before they paid for health insurance or car insurance or all these other things, we'd like to say it's a luxury to go to work. It's a requirement for so many families, and not everyone has the benefit or the privilege of having family and friends around to step in. And I can see that I don't have kids, but I'm paying for a wedding, and it feels like I'm paying for a kid. <laughs> in all honesty, and Carrie, I'll keep the mic on you for this question. When it comes to providing childcare for kids, is there a financial concern for parents? Because I know you were talking about it's also a financial concern for the child care providers mm-hmm. too. Yeah, of course there's a, a financial concern. There's limitations. I mean, it costs the same or more for your students to go to child care ages zero to five for you to be able to go to work than it does to go to college. Our whole country and state has opportunities to help fund that for a student to go to college. We don't have the same programs to support families being able to go to work. Yeah, absolutely. We hear that from parents all the time. You know, we're one of the organizations and I know, uh, you know, MB does as well, and many others do, that we take childcare assistance, we offer scholarships, we help families when we can, but there's only so much of so much of those funds to go around. And there's a lot of individuals that just don't qualify. I was just looking up a survey right before I came in here. And U.S. families are now spending on average 27% of their household income on childcare. This is in the United States, according to a recent survey. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services considers childcare unaffordable when it rises above 7% of household income. So that's what parents are kind of juggling right now is that's a lot of their income that they're having to to fork out for childcare. One of the things that's complex about this is we all, and I'm sitting in the same boat as you, I've got a 15 and 16 year old, yet we're so young. We're so young. <laughs> Let's keep that in mind. For those of you that can't see us, we're super young. <laughs> uh, but, and I remember feeling like we were struggling when our kids were young and we had them in childcare. Today, the story is different and that's what we need people to understand. And we do, there's a few of us that provide scholarships and do a lot of other things to make sure that we're serving and making sure that childcare is accessible to all. That responsibility as a provider is extremely difficult. And we've had heartbreaking situations in this last, I mean, all of the time, especially in the last several months. And and it's hard not to get emotional when you think about the choices that families are having to make and their unfair choices, all so that a person can go to work. Some families are even considering not having other children. Mm-hmm. Um, which should not be, I mean, they should be able to, if they want to have another baby and they should be able to normally financially afford that, child care should not be one of those deal breakers for them. 
Yeah, absolutely. If you are just listening, we're being joined by three incredible ladies right now. We have Carrie Tejan. She is the CEO of MB. Stacey Jones, she is the CEO of the Boys and Girls Club of the Sioux Empire. And Amanda McGregor, she's the owner of Tea Trailblazers and Tea. And she's also the new owner of Give Me a Break Daycare in Sioux Falls. Now, child care in South Dakota, like we've been talking about, it's a very complex issue. And when Apple Tree Children's Centers first announced all locations would be closed, MB and the Boys and Girls Club did step up right away to help this organization. Now, Stacy, can you explain what kind of child care services that the Boys and Girls Club provides families in the Sioux Empire? We serve uh, kiddos as young as four weeks, all the way up to age 18. So we have an incredible middle school and teen program. But on the early learning side of things, we serve those littles, those babies, those toddlers, preschool, pre-K. And then we also provide after school care at several elementary schools in the community. And we've been doing that for a number of years. We've been around for 66 plus years in this mm-hmm. community. So we're a longtime organization. And uh, you know, anytime we can help and support our community, uh, we definitely do that. I know when, you know, some of the recent news broke, um, even not just the most recent news, this isn't the first child care center that we've heard about in our community. Our phone rings off the hook mm-hmm. from parents saying, hey, do you have a spot? Can you do anything for me? Um, people will come in uh, teary. And, and upset. They're like, I can't go to work if I do you have anything literally pleading with us. And we do whatever we can to accommodate those individuals. But again, kind of like Carrie was talking about, so much is driven off of staffing and ratios. So we can only take so many kiddos based on the staff that we have. And in, and in a community where our unemployment is you know, less than 2% finding staff in order to take care of more kiddos is also a challenge. So we do whatever we can, uh, but we're always constantly trying to, to recruit staff as well, just so we can be able to support this community even more. Yeah. And same question for you too, Carrie. What services does MP provide? We offer similar. We provide care um, ages four weeks through elementary school. Then we have youth programming as well as what women's um, programming and aquatics as well. But something um, I couldn't be more proud of our team and what we do and and the care that we provide. Sometimes people think um, child care is just babysitting or keeping children, you know, safe and alive until their student, their parents come home. I feel like we really do the extra mile. We believe that at MB that children are born with an inherent intelligence and it's our job to foster that. And so through our programs, we make sure that we're um, learning about our students as much as they're learning from, from our teachers. We're learning about what their natural aptitudes are, our gifts, and make sure that we're fostering and taking through a journey of learning um, so that they're prepared to go into school and continue to contribute in this world. And so um, when students hit the age three, we've got three different preschool programs that they can foster. One is for a more traditional um, preschool program that is really um, play-based learning, and it follows the mood and the energy of the student and has more of a creative kind of rhythm to the day and follows um, the motions and learning paths of, of our students. We also have a kinder college program, which was for those students that like more structure, and they they really um, it's really kindergarten preparation and more structured program that they're going to see more when they enter in kindergarten. The third program is a Spanish immersion program that really 50% of the day is taught in Spanish and 50% of the day is in English, and it's not just a language but also a cultural immersion program for students so that they have this awareness and love for um, and openness for others that are 
come from different backgrounds as well. So I'm really excited about the work that we do and, and what we offer to the students. Muy bien. Yeah. <laughs> That's as far as That's my Spanish it. goes, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Amanda, what about for Give Me a Break? We have a program manager at both sites. We've invested in that person instead of a director assistant because education is probably the number one thing that we want to ensure that kids get because their parents are working. In T, we support six weeks to 12 years. In Sioux Falls, we're two years to 12. Both have that program manager, so they're getting those aptitude testing, the assessments, and it is a more structured environment. They do have their space for play-based activities, dramatic play, gross and fine motor, but we're not just kind of a sit and watch and babysit type of daycare. And I think that's where parents need to find a good fit for them. Is it a small daycare, a large daycare, an in-home? Is their kiddo really wanting to learn in that setting or are they wanting to just kind of play and hang out? And so it's not just a crisis of the affordability of daycare, but finding a daycare that fits for your family. For this next question, we're going to start off with MB and then the Boys and Girls Club first. So Stacy, when the Apple Tree Children's Centers announced that they were closing, MB and the Boys and Girls Club were the first to step up to help. And why was that? Why did you decide to help and kind of step up to the challenge. You know, that's what our mission is. You know, we're a nonprofit in this community and we're here to support the community. We're here to serve families and we're here to really enrich those lives. And however we can do that, we're absolutely going to do that. And and so it really was our mission. And then watching our staff, you know, help those families, especially, you know, when some of this news has broken over Mm -hmm. the last few months. Again, this isn't just new. Um, Watching our staff try to help those families and comfort them and do whatever they can. uh, That's why we're here. You know, when the news broke out, our team did what they do best. And so answered calls and our entire team went to work. They worked all night. They were all in early. We opened at six. They were up earlier. They served families. We worked the weekends. We did everything we could to ensure families that it was okay and that we're here for them. On a different perspective, I know Stacy and I um, reached out and did what we could to serve um, the organization and do what we can. And, and while we have limited capacity in our current centers, I think both of us were willing to say, whatever we need to do, let's explore that and be a little bit innovative and creative and willingness to explore other options to make sure that the families are served. Is it always the best business sense? Maybe not, but as a commitment to our mission in this community app, Absolutely. And I think we keep standing up over and over again. We've also had several conversations with our city leadership to say, how do we work together to make sure at the end of the day that families are able to feel good about the care that they're getting for their children and making sure that they can go to work. We receive, and Amanda, I'm sure you do too, we receive calls almost um, not as weekly as it used to be, probably at least monthly, we receive calls of centers closing and, and families that are in panic mode. And we continue to do all that we can. But there is going to be a point where, as a community, have the capacity to absorb these families. And we are we are at that point. I will tell you, there is there are more families in need and too many, op- you know, not enough capacity in our in our city Um because the business model of childcare just doesn't work. And you said it best right there, Carrie, and Amanda McGregor. So with Tea Trail Blazers and Tea and Give Me a Break in Sioux Falls, great resources for families here in the Sioux Empire. And as more information came out and is coming out, how did you react? Did you reach out to the Apple Tree Centers as well? Yeah, so I know Apple Tree West really well. It's really just a friendly communication um, more than anything, but we got a lot of calls from that center. Um, We're one of the few daycares that also pick up over at Frontier. 
as I couldn't help them in tea because we're full, we referred them to Sioux Falls. I took late night tours, weekend tours, just really helping everybody. And I still am getting calls as things are unfolding and still getting tours. And so I think people are really starting to hear who Give Me a Break is. We do have capacity at Give Me a Break. So I also have families at Tea Trailblazers who knew families of centers that have closed in Sioux Falls that are kind of sharing, hey, there's another option that you may not know about, just given the new ownership and the new program that we have there. If you were just listening again, we're being joined with Amanda. She is the owners of Tea Trailblazers and Give Me a Break in Sioux Falls. We also have Stacy with the Boys and Girls Club of the Sioux Empire and Carrie with Envy. Now, ladies, given the current circumstances, how are you making child care better in South Dakota? Amanda, I'm going to start with you. We, as a small daycare We don't get too much in the political realm of things, but we watch it pretty darn closely. Um, There are other some things that I'm sure these two will speak of that they're working um, at the state level on. So I'll stick to the basic. I think it's finding a place that cares about your kids, finding a place that's affordable for your kids and a mission that fits you and your family. And then knowing your resources out there. Is it going to a 211 helpline and asking, hey, where are my other resources for childcare? Is it calling 15 daycares and just getting tours and setting up and seeing what fits for them? I think every family needs to do what's best for them while the rest of us are working harder, keeping our businesses open to support you. And then these two lovely ladies going to the state level and just going the other extra step above and beyond to make sure that we have childcare here in the state. All right, Stacy. Yeah, I think that's what, you know, we need more of in this community is really to almost change the conversation. So, you know, we've heard the conversation a lot around families and women and this in that those are all individuals and families are all affected by this. But this really is a workforce issue Mm -hmm. and it's dramatically impacting the workforce. And I'm sure Carrie did as well. But, you know, whenever we hear of a center close, my phone rings and it's usually from an employer, an employer who's scared and worried and has employees upset and concerned because they don't know what they're going to do with their kid and they may not be able to come to work. We want to keep employees in South Dakota. We Mm -hmm. want young people to want to stay in South Dakota and Mm -hmm. raise their families here and leave their brilliant minds in this state. But in order to do that, we need to kind of change that conversation. So that's what we're trying to continue to do is just to have it looked at a little bit differently, because I think that's where the change is going to happen, because it really is a workforce issue at the end of the day. You know, to add to that, there's a number of things, and I'm uh, talk about three different things. Is one, looking at funding. You know, child care, the care that we're providing isn't broken. The people that are providing the care are exceptional, and I believe they were born to do this work. And if they weren't born to the, do this work, they wouldn't be doing it. They're not doing it for the money. They're not doing it for the fame or, the, or, or whatever else it may be. They're doing it because they were born to do this. And so ensuring that this business and this industry can be can continue as, as our focus. So funding is a big piece of that. One of those things that we hope to see this year is child care assistance reform, mm-hmm. allowing better um, child care assistance and allowing that to fully support those in families that are in need. There's some changes that have happened, which is outstanding. We're hoping to see more of that this next year. The other piece is providing scholarships and making sure that that's a, another component to it. Uh, prior to COVID, MB provided about $200,000 in scholarships a year to families. And that was filling a gap between what child care assistance and families could afford, or it's those families that are what we call in the middle middle, that they make too much money for child care assistance, which too much money in a to um, income household is $15.02. If you make more than $15.02 and you have two children in your family, you make too much money to be eligible for child care assistance. 
So since COVID, um, MB's scholarship has um, provided is about $500,000 this year. I think we're finishing at about $600,000 and we're barely scratching the surface of need. And so um, until our state and our community can figure out how to fund that, MB is taking on that challenge. We believe our, our goal this year is to create a million dollar scholarship um, to support families, um, to make sure that families under making under $100,000 that we can support and make sure that they can go to work every day. The other thing is never giving up and never never um, lowering our standards in quality care. And you have three incredible providers and we're, I think, I'd like to say we're the best of the best, but I know there's others in this community that should be sitting around this table too, that despite the financial challenges, beside, um, despite you know how difficult it is and, and the financial wear that we carry, um, we continue to up our game in the kind of care that we're providing. We um, at MB have a new curriculum team that is specifically focused on the curriculum and the learning that happens for all students. And that happens, and that's not just our school age care, it's not just our preschool, but our infants too, and making sure that um, that we're really investing in an intentional way how that development happens. I think brain development happens, 90% of that happens by the age five. I've heard some people say that our job is to be brain architects. We take that really <laughs> seriously and we're investing. And so um, I'm proud of that work. It's hard work, and um, but it makes what we do really rewarding and exceptional. And then one final question for you ladies, how can childcare in South Dakota improve? Probably the biggest question of this entire <laughs> interview. Amanda, you start. I think it's just education for families and for those at the state level on what we really need to keep them open, keep them functioning well, and getting together as a community and just doing the right thing. Um, just sitting here and calling it a crisis and talking about it over and over doesn't really have action behind it. And so if you wanna get involved, get involved, call, try, um, start with your local daycare provider and go up to the state and just don't watch it on the news and be part of it. Okay, Stacy. Again, I think it's kind of uh, changing the conversation um, around our workforce. I also think, you know, Carrie made a really good point of changing the conversation about what we do and the care that we provide and the education that we provide and how we're developing the young minds in this state. It's a critical, it's a critical job. And again, we're not just babysitters. We're not just keeping kids, you know, in bubble wrap and safe until the mom and dad come. We're educating them. We're spending a lot of time with them. Uh, we love them. You know, we love these kids. And I think we need to continue to have more conversations to to come up with more action items. You know, we. Uh, Several of us are part of the Child Care Collaborative, and we've been having this conversation for a number of years about what needs to be done in the state, um, whether that's what needs to be done locally. But it really is getting people to sit around the table and have the conversation so we can come up with those action steps. I think we've had a lot of conversations, but here we are again. So I think that's really what needs to happen in the very near future. And then Carrie. Ooh, this is such a good question. <laughs> So excited about this one. I would invite so many people, whether you have children or not, to come visit a center. You will be wowed and you will be so um, pleased to see what's happening in these centers. So what makes childcare better? I don't know that we we've got the right people in the right places doing really good work. Now, allowing um, those individuals to continue to do that work is really important. And we're not asking a ton. We're asking for a business model that allows people to go to work every day and contribute. Um, we've said as a state, um, 
that families are important. I think that's one of the great things about South Dakota is that we value families. Um, it's time to make sure that our families can stay intact and that we can do the right things in order to foster that. We keep investing millions of dollars, on, and, I, and I keep seeing a, a lot of work that's being done on our prison system. And I'd love to share the research that's been done that if these students are well cared for and seen and valued as humans at ages zero to five and into um, elementary school. What a difference that makes in the trajectory of, of the rest of their lives. But if we tell these students and families that can't afford child care or whatever it may be, um, that you don't matter, I promise you those students will show us what it feels like as they age and what it means when they don't matter. And so um, there's a time in terms of childcare that it's time for our community, our state, to invest in the education of students starting at age four, or age, um, uh, you know, four weeks, um, all the way through until graduation. Kids are the future, indeed, especially here in the <laughs> state of are. South Dakota. Again, we have Carrie T. Uh, Tejan, the CEO of MB, Stacy Jones, the CEO of the Boys and Girls Club of the Sioux Falls area, and Amanda McGregor. She is one of the owners of T Trail Blazers and Give Me a Break Daycare in Sioux Falls. I wish we had more time to continue this conversation, but we don't. So, if anybody <laughs> has any questions about Give Me a Break, the Boys and Girls Club, and MB, where are the websites that people can go check out? You can find us on MB.org, E-M-B-E.org, Google MB. You can Google me and call me. I'm happy to visit with anyone about any information. <laughs> yeah, I would just say Google Boys and Girls Clubs of the Sioux Empire. You'll find a lot of different information from contact phone numbers, um, ways to send us messages via our website. That's probably the best way to reach out to us. And I know we get a lot of phone calls. We absolutely get a lot of phone calls. And so there's a lot of great organizations. And, you know, and I have to give a shout out to, you know, we've been talking a lot about centers. We have a lot of amazing in-home providers in this community, too, that are doing wonderful work and educating our kids and are, are feeling some of the same things that we're all feeling. Um, and so we do have a great community and we, we need everybody um, to come to the table and have these conversations. I mean, Google's the champion. So you'll find <laughs> T-Trail Blazers and give me a break on Google as well. Um, contact information is on the website. The emails go directly to my inbox. Thank you, ladies, again, for joining us this morning for a great conversation, really.